Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz. And today we talk with former venture capitalist, now author of a series of metaphysic books, author Mr. Ed Spina. Now, Mr. Ed Spina is a mystic who spent his life researching metaphysics energy healing, and working with the Ascended Masters of the Multiverse. So with that, Ed, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Hello, Vaughn. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thanks for taking the invitation. Um, super. I love energy healing, and I'm always so fascinated with all the different ways in which people teach it and do it. So um, before we get into your work in metaphysics, can you tell us your story for how you even got in here? I mean, because as a venture capital capitalist, you're making lots of money. So moving away from that and getting to metaphysics for passion is really not something that a lot of people choose. So, Right. Well, venture capitalists, you don't start off making a lot of money. First, you have to get to become a partner. And I was just a tiny little junior partner in one of the firms. So I wasn't making all that money. But and uh, I was getting frustrated because... Things were happening too slowly for me. Back then, I was a very, very type A. And I said, ah, oh, this is taking too long. I need to start my own companies. So I started a company in the music business where I let people preview record albums over the telephone. Uh, before These are in the days before the internet. And uh, I had problems with that company. And then I started another company, the sports collectibles industry, which at that time was, was like a poor man's stock market. Mm-hmm. And I had more problems with that. So I couldn't figure out why am I having all these problems that you know both of those companies failed. One, well, the sports collectibles, all the, the leagues were basically going on strike. Uh, technically, it was a lockout, but the leagues were shutting down, so I didn't have anything to sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how is this happening? And so I went to someone who was recommended to me to try to figure out why am I having all these problems? And basically, she was a spiritual master. She didn't tell me that right away. But I realized that, uh, you know, all the advice she was giving me, I said, I want to be able to do what she's doing. And mm-hmm. she said to me something very uh, profound. She said, well, just, you know, work with me and then you will remember. Mm. <clears throat> and I said, remember, that was kind of unusual. It's not like you'll develop these abilities. She said, you'll remember. And sure enough, after working with her, I developed capabilities that I didn't think were possible. And in many cases, uh, most of my contact with her became telepathic. Uh, Every evening, I would sit in my recliner and just meditate. And then I would feel a 
tingling on my third eye mm-hmm. and it would be her coming in to, to talk with me. And I would be talking with her just as readily as I'm talking with you. And, and then she'd say, sometimes I would ha- know the answers to my questions. She says, okay, call me you know, tomorrow morning or whatever time. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I would call her and she said, do you have any other questions? And well, no, you answered all my questions, you know, last night. So I got to that level with her and then she disappeared. Okay. I, I couldn't contact her anymore. And I, I was kind of heartbroken, but that was the teaching is don't rely on anyone else. Eventually you have to rely on the master within on your own higher self. And so that's what I learned to do. And then I began studying everything, energy healing, anything related to spirituality, mysticism, metaphysics, karma, reincarnation, everything I could get my hands on. I read and studied until finally I got to where I could do these clearings, uh, you know, very effectively. And then 20 years after she disappeared, basically she came back again. And the reason she came back was because I didn't need her at that point. Ah. So that's the true teacher is, is, uh, you know, get the student to the level where, you know, where they don't need the teacher anymore. And eventually that happened. And when that was there, then now she's available to me if I need her. Uh, but for the most part, I don't. And especially now that I'm working with some of these other ascended masters, uh, I, I need less and less people here on earth. <laughs> you know, I have a couple questions for you about about that. One of the things that is common is when people are looking to learn metaphysics and there's so many different areas to learn. So it's really hard to kind of focus on one aspect get pretty good at it before you move on to another aspect and because it all builds on each other. And you may have uh, one teacher, you may have multiple teachers. It's just like taking a college classes and they all build on each other. And by, by the time you're at the end of it, or as you're going closer, you get more proficient in what you're doing. Um, it, the learning curve is shorter. But the thing is, is that this constantly comes up because. Um, Many people, I'm not sure if it's a culture thing or not, try to ride on the coattails of their teachers for their spiritual evolution. And so they will um, they will take a course, not all, uh, they will take a course and they will apply themselves to a certain extent. But if they're not getting the results that they want, uh, they blame it on the course or the teacher or the material is not clear enough or whatever the deal is. And um, we know in Buddhism, there are no mistakes. Okay. You will match up to what you need. And there is a lesson there for you to learn, try to learn it, what you can as best as you can. Also for the teachers, there's a learning lesson too, that if when they get feedback from a consistent feedback from their students, then that is also a learning lesson for them that, oh, okay, maybe I should slow down on this aspect because a lot of people need a little more clarification on this aspect as compared to this aspect. You know, a lot of people get this part. We can kind of move, you know, so there's a, it's a two-way streak. So um, what do you, what do you want to say to students who, um, because you're exceptional student, you, you were really eager and you you kept on going forward even after you had some instruction, you kept on doing it. You kept on looking everywhere 
Um, but not everybody is that eager and will stick with it that long. So what advice do you have for students in terms of their um, their learning progress in metaphysics and then attaining and harnessing and amplifying these six senses? Because uh, this is the journey as well. Right. Well, it was my earnestness and my desire to understand these subjects, which drew the attention of my Sophie. I call her Sophie after the Greek goddess of wisdom. That's not her, her real name. But that's what attracted her to me originally is just I wanted to know this. And you can't go on the Internet and find her and have her be your teacher, even if no matter how much money you give her, she picks you. So mm -hmm. that was the reason that she picked me is because I had that earnestness. I wanted to understand. And I came from a scientific background where I wanted to know the secrets of the universe. And uh, metaphysics is like the heart of, of everything. Mysticism is, is the be all and end all, you know, it combines the art, science, you know, puts them together. <clears throat> so that to me, that was the, the ultimate spirituality, arts and sciences together is mysticism. So the point is, don't give up. And I just sent this to someone, a, a, an old newsletter I had. Someone says, you know, I'm not making any progress. You know, what should I do? This and that. Mm. I said, Look, you know, it's just like the scientific experiment where as in, in junior high school, whenever it was, where we, we measure, they're trying to teach us to measure things. And we're measuring an ice cube melting mm. as, we, as, we ra as we heat it. And the ice cube, the temperature, you know, goes up and then it reaches this flat point where it's not rising. It's at 32 degrees Fahrenheit until all the ice is melted. Then it starts going up again. Mm -hmm. So that's it. And that's what your spiritual development, you're going to come to these plateaus as well. And sometimes you're going to have setbacks where it looks like things are going the exact opposite way of, of progress. But, you know, you have to go through that and it has, you have to have that end goal of understanding the secrets of the universe to, to drive you. And as you get better and better, you know, the secrets seem to come in faster and faster. And I know yeah. in, in my case, more recently, especially the last five years, the more I help people, the more I got helped by the higher beings. Before I started working with the actual ascended masters, there were some other beings from other places that were helping me. <clears throat> and the more I helped other people, the more they help me. So that's another tip for people. If you help others, you're going to get more help as yourself. Right. Well, um, well, I've, I've, I've noticed um, in, in my, I'm 43, my 43 years of applying and learning metaphysics in Buddhism for the most part. And there, there's other, you know, Asian traditions like Zen and um, Hindu as well, but primarily Buddhism is my base that I grew up in and, have continued to evolve my spiritual understanding metaphysics through. But one of the things is that we use a lot of symbols and imagery when learning some of this stuff, because some of this stuff is so convoluted and so dense that um, it, it would take a huge library just to explain it all. So, but if you can look at the art and the imagery is, it's like a, a picture is worth a thousand words. Now, when you were mm -hmm. saying, when you were learning from your teacher, Sophie, you would do telepathic communication via your third eye when you were going into meditation and and doing your uh, studies. Did she communicate with you in symbols and imagery or was it all just verbal in your mind? Uh, for the most part, it was verbal. But, you know, as a scientist, as a former scientist, 
I would verify everything. I, I didn't just blindly accept everything she said, or and also just to con- confirm that I understood what it was that she was saying. Like when I did talk to her, which is almost daily on the phone for very, very brief conversations, I would say, when you said this, did you mean that? And she yes, or you know, confirm it. And almost all the time, it was correct. I, I, I was not mistaken, but as a scientist, you want to verify that that is in fact the case. But with her, mostly it was verbal. Uh, she she would give me certain, well, I, not necessarily a symbol. Well, I guess kind of a symbol. She gave me like an egg that was filled with uh, sort of crystals and that to meditate. Another time she had me meditate on a candle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was looking at someone who I wasn't certain about their intentions. And the candle literally, and I was in a bathroom just because I didn't want anyone to see me. I had people kind of observing me from across the building and that. So I went into a place, it's totally dark with no wind or anything. And I meditated on this candle and the flame of the candle split into two. A single Mm -hmm. wick had two flames coming out of the wick. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, this is this even physically possible? Mm -hmm. And then I kind of, I called her and said, you know, what is it? Well, she's, well, what does that mean? What, what do you get? What does that, I said, well, she has like a dual personality. There's, you know, good and there's a bad, she's there. Exactly. That's the point you were to get. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, I wouldn't call it a symbol. It was like literal. I watched a candle split into two. And then she did other things that were incredible. Uh, at one point I was in her office and she said, you know, she reaches down from her above her desk and says, and gives me these uh, jar full of quartz crystals. Mm-hmm. She said, pick four. And I picked four of them out and they're single terminated quartz crystals, the kind you get at any you know, metaphysical bookstore. Mm-hmm. She says, okay, when you go home tonight, point them with the points to the head of your bed. <clears throat> and so I went to sleep and, it, and I could feel as if there were cords going from the points of the crystals right to my third eye, four of them. And wherever I went, if they were following me, you know, it almost made me laugh in the middle of the night. Then the next day, she says, okay, turn them around, point them to the feet of your bed. And the same thing happened. And I said, this is crazy. Then she calls me and says, okay, bring them in. So I gather them up and I bring them in. And these regular quartz crystals are now magnetized. Mm-hmm. So that if I put them with the points this way, they would repel each other like a magnet. If I put them this way, they would stick together, just like a bar magnet. And there's another example where is this even physically possible? Well, I just saw it with my own eyes. Of course it's possible. So I was learning more and more that the spiritual world, you know, trumps anything that happens in the in the physical world. You know, that was part of my instruction. Mm. Um, before we get to the ascended masters that you communicate with and do energy healings um, with, uh, who were the other beings that you first uh, communicated with in the spirit world? Right. Uh, well, there, my my teacher Sophie hooked me up with some masters as I was going. Different ones would take me to higher levels as I was in my long development process. Well, to me, it seemed long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to be a master like instantly, and that didn't quite happen. <laughs> but like everything, you know, the the path is seldom straight, and it just takes longer than you you think. But you're constantly growing in that, so that was the important thing. But uh, in the last maybe oh, a little over five years, I started working with this uh, spiritual team of beings from all different places. Mm-hmm. 
some some are from the Pleiades, angels or Taurus, other places. Um, all these different, they don't even say exactly where they're all from, mm -hmm. but I can call upon them and they'll help me. Uh, usually uh, they ask me to do something first to demonstrate that I have the ability to do something. And then once I demonstrate it a, a number of times, then they'll do it for me. So now when I'm, when I'm clearing people, initially I had to prove that I was capable of, of clearing people, getting rid of non-physical entities, what people would call demons, things like that. Once I could do that, then I can do a, a larger group by enlisting their services and, and they'll do that for me. But every once in a while, something new will come along and, and I, I, okay, here, I'm, I'm at a, that didn't help yet. I need to work on this. And finally, I figure out what, what's going on. Then they say, okay, well, that's what we wanted you to know, that this is a different type of, of entity or that, or a different type of ET even that's uh, bugging some of your people. And you needed to learn how to handle it. Now that you know how to do that, you know, we'll take over for you. You know, we'll do it when you ask us to do that. So, right. So you had some, um, you had some, you were working with some spirits from the Pleiades constellation. Right. Okay. And that, that was primarily the other beings you communicated with. Did you communicate with any like other ones from different yeah, there's star other systems? Ones. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not an expert at identifying which star system you know, different people are from. But or do I they ask, tell you who they are or kind of like what their energy is? Sometimes they do. Or, or sometimes. Sometimes I just say my team. I call my team and whoever mm -hmm. is appropriate will do it. Sometimes some people won't won't uh, help you know, because they're more aloof or more uh, distant. Um, other ones will, oh, no, we'll help. No, we'll, okay. I'll do it. So it's like a kid who has two parents and they say, mom, can I go to the movies? No. And you go to your father, dad, can I go to the movies? Sure. Well, I don't see why not. <laughs> so then you use your father. You know, dad says, right. go. So, so right. it's the same thing. I, I would do with this team. Yeah. That's totally understandable. Right. And I had an affinity with the Pleiades. And as I reflected back on my life, even as a, as a kid or as a well, college kid, uh, I went to school at Tufts University and we would take a bus into the Harvard Square and the Harvard Coop where uh, they had you know, more posters and everything you'd ever want to outfit your dorm room. And everyone brought back pictures of their hometowns and picket fences and things like that. And I came back with a poster of the Pleiades. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I had a picture of the Pleiades above my bed. I just thought it was the most beautiful you know, thing. The, the seven sisters or the people who know what the Pleiades look like, they can see it's beautiful. And it wasn't until much later when someone gave me a channeled reading when I was still waking up, they said, yes, you are from the Pleiades, but also from, you know, Orion, Sirius, blah, blah, blah. They're giving mm. me the other star systems where I had interacted with, but the Pleiades was my primary one. And then I remembered, wait, I had, you know, the Pleiades in my dorm room. That, right. that was in a sense home. Right. So um so you you are in Buddhism what they would um they would call a toku, which basically is a generic term for in the modern times they call star seeds, um indigos, whatever terms we want to use that's pop culture, but basically right. really ancient souls has had other incarnations prior to the earth incarnation. And um you know, the Pleiades, the Sirius, and all these other 
existences that you've had prior. Did when you were communicating with these different um, spirit guides from these different star systems, and for for you you stargazers out there, the Pleiades is if you look in the sky, it looks kind of like a smudgy area of stars. That's the that's the Pleiades, like a little <laughs> smudgy area of stars. Um, and so really easy to find once you, once you look for that, but, um, and then Arcturus is like the, one of the brightest stars is by itself. It's just one big bright star. Um, but when you were speaking to these other beings from different planet systems, did they tell you any information as to why you incarnated on earth at this time from more advanced quote quote alien civilization uh, did you get any kind of inkling on that well one of the things that sophie introduced to me i mean i had i read a little bit about metaphysics and, and that and i knew about reincarnation and i had a, an inkling about some of the lives that i had led and she would either confirm or or correct me if i thought i was one person and not another and that sort of thing mm. Um, so, and well, this is an, a, wasn't really, it was before I met Sophie. I, I did a, I went to a bookstore and I, I got this thing. Uh, well, no, actually it was a blockbuster video. I went to blockbuster mm. video and, uh, that was when, uh, well, they had a, uh, what do you, what was end caps on the, right next to the shelf that had all these uh, videos from Dick Sutton, Dick Sutton, uh-huh. and he one of his specialties is past life regression. And this is videotapes. This is before DVDs were even out. And right. I saw one that would l- relieve your stress in that, and I took it. You know, relieve your stress, recall your past lives, but also relieve your stress. And I was a stress set entrepreneur. I was having all these problems. It was just before I met uh, Sophie, and I went home and I plopped it in the in the VCR, and I watched it. And I went into a deep hypnotic state. And then they said, you remember a past life that had relevance to this one. And they, they told you, what's your, what's your name? You know, how old are you? What's your, or you're 15 years old. What year is it? What country are you in? Where do you live? What's your job? And I went through all these things and I knew all the answers. So I wrote them all down as soon as the meditation was over. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I remember listening. They said, you know, what's your job? And, in, and the answer was leader. It's like that's not a job, but then I realized that I was a, a job where I was going to become a famous person, and I was being taught when I was 15 years old by the you know learned people <clears throat> to train me properly to become a good leader. Mm-hmm. So, so I had I had a number of lifetimes like that. I don't really want to say them because everyone will be wondering about this. Is he really that person or this? So that's not the relevant thing. The relevant thing mm-hmm. is. I had a lot of these important lifetimes, so it was to kind of preparing me for this lifetime, mm-hmm. where more important than being a public figure is to be a spiritual leader, where you can help influence things um, without, you know, I can do more in my recliner in my living room than most people can, you know, talking to 50,000 people at a stadium. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so. So that was the preparation. So the Pleiades, I had other lifetimes. And in the Pleiades, I the only lifetime that I know of that 
don't know if I should say. Well, I may as well. They, I was a starship captain. Uh huh. And and so I, that's why I got to go to all these other constellations and, and star systems and understand their different cultures and that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that was one of my lifetimes, and that's why I love the picture of the Pleiades, the star. Um, and then I had a, another. Well, this kind of confirmed that that feeling wasn't a feeling; it was you know, more certainty. Right. But I took this energy class, and in the class there were like 12, 13 people in the class, and I was, you know, a good student. I wasn't the absolute best, at least at that time. But there was one guy in there that was terrible. <clears throat> he was he was the weakest of everyone. But every time he saw me, he would salute and say, "Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed," and and then finally, at the very end of the class, almost we were like equivalent to final exams. Um, there were there was a time where we have teaching assistant that three of us would be working on someone to show that we knew everything that we're doing. But in other times when we were not the ones actually performing, we would sit down and it was a very high energy environment because there's energy healing going around all over mm-hmm. four different beds going. And so then I got at this whole glimpse and sometimes I, I mostly rely on feeling. But in this case, I could see everything clearly. And I saw the different people in the room that they were were uh, advanced healers. And the teacher, who I never really got along with, uh, he came to the Pleiadian Council. It was crystal clear. And he said, you know, my planet's been ravaged by war. You know, we need the best healers to come and bring us, you know, help us. Mm -hmm. And the council considered his request that, okay, we're going to do that. But they put me in charge of the healers. I wasn't necessarily the, the reason I wasn't there was because I was a healer. I was the one protecting all these healers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this guy that was always saluting me, he was another starship captain that reported mm-hmm. to me. But these other people that were in the class, they had these modalities that they didn't, they weren't aware of yet. That just like on Star Trek, the, the bones, you know, he's, he can yeah. do certain things. And they all had different modalities. And I, I couldn't tell them this because they would have thought I was even more crazy. But I knew that every one of them was a, was a healer that was very gifted, and they would be coming into their own power and becoming greater than what it was. Right, right. But, so <clears throat> I have three three questions um, uh, to just get more clarity on on some of that. Um, the first thing that that you said is is you can do more for the world and reality. Uh, and you're reclining doing metaphysics, then somebody's standing there at a stage to 50,000 or 100,000 or whatever crazy number arena. And actually, that is true. Um, That is true, you guys. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, And I repeat this study over and over again. It's scientific. It's the uh, Maharashi meditation mindfulness um, study that everybody who's in metaphysics knows about. They've done thousands of these all across the world in many universities. And basically it's this, when people are meditating and they're just basically focusing on uh, peace and bliss for themselves and everybody else, and they're just connecting to that high gamma and above brainwave frequency, which is the frequency of energy healing, and they're connecting to source inside them and everybody. Um, that whole act of doing that, for some reason, they scientifically proven this, it affects the environment around them. So the city uh, and the, that they are doing this at 
um, is peaceful, has less crime, and all these all positive attributes that typically would not be the characteristic. And they've done this in the the worst cities that have high homicide rates, high crime rates. But when they do these experiments, that simmers to almost nothing at that time. And they've done this thousands of times and it's proven to be true. So you can have five or 10 people doing this experiment and they will literally affect uh, a large city like Washington, D.C. or New York City. They have millions and millions of people living in it. Those five, 10 people just affected it all. So it is scientifically proven that one person in the highest levels of consciousness do change physical reality because we're all connected to each other and to source or God itself. Okay, so that's a proven fact. Um, so if anybody ever tells you that one person's bliss makes no difference in the greater whole, they don't know the science. The other thing I wanted to ask you is um, this person that came to the Pleiades that you had this vision of when you were seeing a past life in the Pleiades, he said that his planet was ravaged by, by war and they need a lot of healers. What planet was that? Uh, I don't know the planet. I think he was from Orion, the, the right. constellation, somewhere in that, in that uh, star system. Okay, okay. So why did you reincarnate in Orion? Why did you reincarnate in Earth? I mean, yeah, Earth has uh, well, wars, uh, but... Yeah, well, Earth Earth is like a mixture of all these other stars that's been seeded by so many different star systems. This is like the focal point, the tip of the spear of, of like a kind of enlightenment everywhere. There are other star systems that are much higher consciousness than we are, but this is... is growing and i think this is among the most diverse environments at least that's what i understand uh in in, in our universe in the milky way probably in the okay. galaxy at least okay so um so it, it is earth is for energy healers and for metaphysics and consciousness is earth like the grand experiment where you can pretty much try and test a lot of different tool sets and then when you come when you you get what you need then you take it back to your home planet and reincarnate there and then in bring it out there to to use is, is that the idea i guess well well you would have that option of course but just earth by itself uh, this this is a a fantastic planet with so much diversity and so many different ideas you have high very high spiritual ideas in that and some of these obviously negative ones as well there needs this, to be some polarity. The, yeah. There's some polarity. Yeah, this, this is the this is the place to be. This is the this is the act this is the action point right now, Earth, uh on on in our in the Milky Way in this uh galaxy. I think we, we are the tip of the spear here, right here. Mm, mm. This is the cutting edge. So we're pioneers. We're pioneers in consciousness. In right. consciousness exploration. Perhaps. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Uh, that's really cool because a lot of people, um, they they talk down and um, belittle their experience as a human on Earth. Um, but if they had yeah. saw, if they had saw the huge lines of people who want to be part of the experiment and seen what the potential that it can be brought out and brought to the rest of the different galaxies, they 
may not think that. So what do you want to tell to people who say being a human on earth is overrated at this time? Well, I mean, you chose to can't come here, right? There must have been a reason why you chose to come here. So don't be talking about, oh, this planet is so backwards. I want to go back to where everything's perfect and my whatever planet they think they came from or may or maybe they did come from. It's like, no, you came here. This is a challenging place. It's among the densest and, and, and well, also in need of healing. So, you know, you came here for a reason. Do your job. You know, shut up and do your job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, that would be what I tell them. I don't want right. to hear any moaning about it. It's not as good as this. And, oh, you know, people, forget that. You're here. Do something about it. Make this a better place. Right, right. Leave it a little bit better than when you entered it. Right. That's what the Buddhists that's, always say. Yeah. Leave it perfect. a little bit, leave it a little bit better than as you entered. Okay. So in Buddhism, the ascended masters are people who spiritually evolved to master samsara existence. That's the word samsara, such as mm-hmm. Gautama Siddhartha, which is the first Buddha. And just for the new newer audience, Buddhism comes from a Sanskrit word named bud, which means to awake within the matrix, to be awakened within sam- samsara or the game. Okay. So um, that's basically what it is. Uh, but Sagart- Gautama Siddhartha, Siddhartha, Kuan Yin, Miriam Magdala, Yeshua Ben Yosef, and so many others. So um, what is your understanding of an ascended master? These are the people that you work with for energy healing. Right. Uh, They've incarnated on earth. They went through the physical challenges and everything else, and they mastered everything. And now they're here. They come back to help us, uh, other people to master there their their own challenges so for the four that you mentioned they're all four of the eight that i'm working with oh really who so, are the other who are the other four that you um you work with uh lao Tzu, uh saint germain i don't know if you mentioned him archangel michael mm-hmm. uh, who's the last one uh booty booty dharma Oh, Lakshmi, no. Lakshmi, Lakshmi. Lakshmi, okay. Okay, Lakshmi. and why why those specific ones? Do they come to you or did you, the, the, do you, you get assigned certain yeah. ones? How do you, you know, why those eight? Because well, there's an infinite number of these. So exactly. why those eight? Do they specialize well, in something that you're working on too? Yeah, well, Mary Magdalene and Jesus were helping me all along. Um, Mary Magdalene, <clears throat> I didn't know who she was while she was helping me. And then later I, I knew who Jesus was when he, kind of showed up in my meditations well they're companions they were companions yeah they're kind of twin wives twin, yeah, yeah. twin exactly yeah. yeah so they were helping me all along and i was rereading this book uh, mystic christianity for the third time it was written in mm-hmm. 1907 and it's a classic and it's very inspiring it tells the story of jesus from a mystic perspective Mm-hmm. And I was reading this book and I just finished a chapter where he raises Lazarus from the dead and I put it down and then I sense he's right here with me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm joking with him. He, he's very funny and he appreciates my jokes. So of course I like him even more, <clears throat> but I, I said, you know, I, and I'm known in the healing community of getting rid of demons and curses and things like that. And so I said, you know, I'm going to devote my life to raising people from the dead instead of just, you know, killing demons. And there so you he's, go. he's laughing. 
he's laughing, but you know, there's a grain of truth to that. And then next thing I know, he's got all these masters around me and I mm-hmm. can sense them. I didn't know who was who. And he says, you know, tell what do you want? And I basically says, I want to wake everyone up. I want people to wake up, not just in the 3D world to all these institutions and individuals who are acting in ways contrary to what they say. I want mm-hmm. people to be able to see through the illusion, but also awaken them to a higher state of their own consciousness, a higher aspect of their own. And they're just listening. They're not commenting. They're not saying anything. And then they just suddenly fade away. And then I'm getting ready to put up, put together another package of mp3s and that and uh i'm thinking i should bring in the ascended masters go back to my mystic uh roots in a sense and bring them in and so i started just kind of picking some were obvious mm-hmm. jesus mary magdalene buddha mm-hmm. uh, lakshmi because everyone wants prosperity mm-hmm. you know, everyone needs abundance that's <clears> a favorite one of... in china in in, in asia <laughs> the right the, the money the wise money. <laughs> right. well and and kuan yin everyone needs help uh master of compassion and to help people she's the best at getting rid of deeply seated sadness and so i just kind of picked them at random mm-hmm. well it wasn't random i didn't realize my conscious mind for me it seemed random but to my higher self was orchestrating it with the mm-hmm. help of jesus helping me pick pick them from different areas different specialties and then i was putting together the package and i first had a module one introduction and then I put them all in order. And I said, okay, let's start with Buddha, number two, Mary Magdalene, three, uh, Lao Tzu, four, Archangel Michael, five, uh, Kuan Yin, six, uh, St. Germain, seven, uh, Lakshmi, eight, and Jesus, nine. I wanted him to be the last one. Those were mm-hmm. my Buddha and Jesus, my bookends. Mm-hmm. And then I looked, and from a numerology standpoint, which is one of the things I studied Early on, I realized that every single number matched their specialty. Buddha, two, diplomacy, tact, the middle road, mm-hmm. middle path, three, uh, self-empowerment, Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. four, Lao Tzu, uh, the balance between work and play, four, mm-hmm. five, Archangel Michael, freedom, freedom from you know, cutting cords, and sovereignty, etc. Six, family, Kuan mm-hmm. Yin, you know. Seven, Saint Germain, the holder of the seventh ray. Mm-hmm. You know, eight, uh, Lakshmi, eight, abundance, and nine, Jesus completion. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't even. It, still, I hadn't even when I was putting them in order. I was just trying to mix east and west, male and female, mm-hmm. and I realized I put them in the perfect order for those eight. And and so obviously it was orchestrated by a higher force or my higher self or even higher and and with the help of Jesus. That, that's how I came to kind of pick these eight masters. And I'm, when I'm asked Jesus, do I need any more? And he's like, no, you, you got it covered. Like you don't need anyone else. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, that's a good set right there. That's a good card set. So, <laughs> so um, I just wanted to clarify some, some things because for, for some viewers, this is new to them. For most of the Asian viewers, this is not new, but for some um, Western audiences, this is new. Uh, Jesus in Asia is Yeshua ben Yosef. Um, that's his 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 real name. Right. It got Yeshua ben Yosef, son of Yosef, Joseph. Um, right. That's what we have in our scrolls for um, Yeshua, who was a a monk in um, for about eighteen his first eighteen years of childhood, learning and studying 
energy healing, consciousness, and metaphysics. So, right. um, so we're talking about the same person here when we say Yeshua, when we say Jesus. The other thing, and um, you, you could talk to people in Asia, and it's just like talking about Buddha, Kuan Yin, anything else, because we're all connected and we're all the same. So, um, but that is different thinking for some people around the world. But same person, and then Mary Magdala, Magdala is, um, when I say Miriam, that was her her real name is Miriam Magdala, but then it got changed and confused to Mary. But Miriam and Mary is the same thing. And Yeshua and Miriam are married, and they did have kids. And that's the Buddhist account according to our scrolls. Now, the reason why you don't see a lot of um, Buddhists running around trying to convert, because what is the point of converting if your pre-life plan is to have certain lessons, including the religion and the upbringing that you have? This is your journey. Um, the other thing is um, we already know this. And when you come to it, you're going to come to it. It's going to resonate. Or if it doesn't resonate, then that's obviously something that you need to still work on. So, um, you know, that's, but that's the background for, for when I say Miriam, I mean Mary. When I say Yeshua, I mean Jesus. They are married. They did have kids, according to our scrolls. And our scrolls are like basically, um, they are like school records. We keep really meticulous school records of who comes into the different monasteries to study, how long were they there, what year, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's basically it. It's just school records. So we have school records from Miriam, Yeshua, um, and a couple others as well. So anyways, I just want to preface that because some people get confused. Oh, yeah. um, but Ed, in Buddhism and Hinduism, ascended masters can be revered as mini gods under source. And God itself is where all creation and existence comes from. We call this the spiritual emptiness of nirvana, where out of nothing, everything comes out from and eventually returns home after its existential sojourns. A basic premise of an ascended master's consciousness is to become awakened within the matrix. That, that means you have become a Buddha. You're a Buddha. You've been awakened within the matrix. Okay, the basics. Um, and know when you are experiencing different versions of reality. That's what in Buddhism and metaphysics we mean being awakened is to be awakened to the multiverse and actually be aware enough to know those differences between versions of reality. So the multiverse and ascended master teachers are depicted in Buddhist and Hindu artwork as multiplicity. And you've all seen this. You can go to any Buddhist and Hindu temple it's thousands of years old. It's the same imagery in the books and everything. It's multiplicity. It looks like they have this Kuan Yin and her 10,000 arms and heads and this Vishnu with his, and Brahma with his multiple heads and arms. It's not coming from one body. It's, 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 it's a artwork depiction of them existing and doing the work in multiple versions of reality. That's the interpretation from the art history in Buddhism and Hinduism. Okay. So, um, but to actually know and experience and know that you experience that is a basics of, um, of mastering 
your consciousness to it's your basis to becoming an ascended master. So, um, Ed, tell us your experience with shifting between realities when you try to arrange an event with a couple of metaphysical associates who did not like each other. You have a very interesting story about this. Right. Well, they weren't necessarily metaphysical. Uh, they were business people, but at the oh, very okay. high end, very high end business people. And my friend that I was working with on this project, he said, you know, we should put, you know, A and B, I just call them A and B together. Uh, you know, they could, they could help each other and it would be a good boom to us. I said, okay, you're right. Let's uh, go. And so I talked to the first one and said, Hey, you know, we want you to come. And he's like, uh, okay, you know, I'm open to it. And then I went to the other one and said, you know, we have this guy we want you to, to meet. And he says, uh, oh, and then I, oh, well, actually the first one I said, oh, we want you to meet, meet B. And he says, oh, you know, we, we already met uh, and uh, your meeting did not go well. That's really, and he had a second person with him that was antagonistic and that. And, and he says, uh, okay, if, if he was there, then probably he would have, B would have just thrown you right out of his office. He goes, well, that's pretty much what happened. He, he just threw us out of his office. I said, okay. So I went to B and I said, you know, I know in the past uh, we said, okay, we better wait a few months. So we waited mm -hmm. six months and I'm talking to my friend about this, you know, on, we're ongoing working on this. He says, you know, look, it's, it's time. Let's see if we can put by, let bygones be bygones. Let's put them together again. So I go to B and say, Hey, uh, you know, I know the first meeting didn't go well. You, you threw them out of your office, but you know, I think, it's worth it. We should meet again. There's value if we all work together. He goes, who? And I tell him, hey, he says, I, I don't know any. Hey, do you have a picture? And I whip out my phone and I show him a picture. He goes, I never met that guy. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, we'll, well I, I'm thinking he forgot. Mm -hmm. we're, we'll set up a meeting. He said, okay. And so then I go back to A and I said, good news. You know, B forgot that you ever met. He said, well, I never met with B. I said, what do you mean? You said you threw him. No, no, I, I, I know of him, but I never met him. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was flabbergasted. And I said, okay, you know, like, we'll, we'll set it up. And so I go back to my friends who he was, he was on the phone with me when I'm calling A. He says, like, it's a whole different timeline. Mm. It's like a timeline that that happened is no longer exists. And, and their reality, it didn't happen. I, I think in my theory, my hypothesis is that if you're operating mostly at a higher state of consciousness, you can sometimes see these different timelines. Mm -hmm. And whereas other people that are not at that necessarily at that state, they don't see it. They just see whatever timeline they happen to be on. But I I'm, thank God my, well, not thank God, but thankfully my friend could confirm that, yeah, I'm not crazy. I didn't imagine that they met and they, you know, in one timeline they didn't. But then after that happened, I, I, I started to experience more of this multiplicity. I was, I was in a car. I remember sitting outside of a, a restaurant that I was, I was early for my, my meeting. And I just looked at the sky and the clouds are going by and it's, it was like a, an unusual sky. And I just said, this whole thing is fake. It's all fake. It, it's 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 all an illusion i said I, I i and i was just picking extremes i said i might have a million dollars in the bank or i might have zero i mean i don't know what the real number is right now but you know it's somewhere in the middle but it, it and either one 
I, I don't know which, which one is which reality I'm in, but at the same time, I said, it doesn't matter. And it's, it goes to the fundamental spiritual teaching. It doesn't matter what is actually where you are at the moment. It's focus on what you want, focus on what's going to help the maximum number of people and that, and don't worry about how these timelines are jumping or you're jumping from one timeline to another. Mm-hmm. It's too complicated for uh, some of our conscious minds to understand that. Let the higher self and the higher spiritual beings sort that out. Your job as a human here trying to raise your consciousness is focus on the things you want, which could very well be higher consciousness mm-hmm. and, and the, the benefit, benefit the maximum number of people. That's your job. Focus on what you want. Don't try to manage the nitty gritty. Just like when you hit a website, you don't wonder, is this game recycled, is circulated through Chicago and then LA and then to Seattle? <laughs> yeah. you, you don't know, you don't worry about those details. You just want the, the results and the universe will, the internet will, will go the right way. Same thing, the universe will, will manifest things for the, the highest and best good if that's what you're looking for. Right. Well, in the in the second um, experience where you had another version of reality, what happened to the sky? Did it change? It wasn't or... the sky. It was just it, it was just more like it, it wasn't just a clear blue sky, and it wasn't a beautiful blue sky with puffy white clouds, mm-hmm. like a Truman Show type sky. <laughs> it was it was it just looked unusual, uh, kind of like a after a storm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it all but it it just it was just a, a awareness that suddenly this whole thing is an illusion mm-hmm. and your mind and, and your higher self and that is orchestrating things that beyond your, what your conscious mind can even understand. So don't get sidetracked with trying to you know, micromanage these little things, mm-hmm. focus on the end result and let the universe help you to manifest that ideal result. Right, right. I have I have these multiplicity events as well. And so do many of my family and friends, because we're all in this spiritual journey. And we're all very spiritual. Um, and, you know, everybody's working on different things. But the thing with reality uh, experience and reality creation, okay, because we are creating mm-hmm. our reality, you know, just it's kind of like what you're saying, what right. you focus on, you create, just work on what you're focusing on, you will create it. So that's part of our aspect of creating reality. But then we also are the experiencer of reality as well. And when we shift between these different versions of reality, where in your case, um, Ed, you had one where the partners never met. And that was a positive reality because it turned into the next step of that project moving forward as compared to the previous version of reality where they did meet at the wrong time and space and they had a bad meeting and that that was the end of the project and never progressed. So obviously you did something or something happened that that affected your trajectory to move into another version of reality that has a more positive, abundant version come out of that. So what I always ask people, because I want to know how to create (laughs) and match into a better version of reality, because, you know, I don't really have the sky is the limit. I don't think the sky, I think infinity (laughs) is the limit. So so, um, do you know what you did previously that may have changed your frequency to match that new outcome reality? Do you know what did you do different? Did you think about yeah, something? Did you well, learn was, something new? Did you let go of something? There was six months in between. So there's a lot of things that were going on. 
But I think the overriding thing is focusing on what's the highest and best good for, for, for the project and for the world, as opposed to trying to wait, talk to them. Look, you know, I know it, it didn't work out the first time, but give them a second chance. I didn't go through any of that. I just skipped all that one to the end result, whatever the best result is. Let's, let's go for that. And, and okay. That's, that's the advice I would give to someone who, how many people on earth are capable of, of, changing timelines or or manipulating things like that probably not consciously all they're good at or what they should be everyone is good at is focusing on what the final end result is that you want you know um that that's exactly how you do it and um what you just experienced is actually written in the um the vedas vedic hinduism and also in, in buddhism and it sounds so simple and basic that people are like yeah that doesn't work but it it really does work so um so the the basics is this and it's actually done in meditation as well as meditation and energy healing is again what you focus on you create so you focus on the outcome of what you want so in this case you wanted the outcomes was to have this project progress so it can you know do it's it's best in what the outcome was. So you focus on the outcome and then you don't get distracted by any of the, um, the nuances that could prevent the outcome. Just focus on the outcome and then let the universe surprise you for how you get to that outcome. Because the, the road to the outcome might not be a straight linear path that you understand. It might have some zigzags. It might have some weird crossovers. Uh, you might be connected to people that you have no clue they're connected to other people and will open up other things. And before you know it, you got to the outcome so much faster um, and so much more easy than had you followed what you think is a linear, it has to be this way and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Well, um, if you just focus on the outcome and you put your intentions and your energy on focusing on the outcome and let the universe work on the rest and don't get distracted because there's a lot of distractions to see if, are you really committed to this? Cause if you really want it, we'll give it to you. But if, if you're easily distracted and we can just steer you away, then we don't have to do so much work to put this in place for you. And that's the test. That's right. the test. So I really love that. That's, um, that's really good for people to, um, to remember. So, uh, a lot of audience members of Macabre Chakras are video gamers. Okay, I, I go through all my <laughs> subscribers to see what their uh, what their names are, and they're all video gamers. Many of them are video gamers. They're all po- gamers, and they understand metaphysics in the lens that makes sense to them. So, young people, video gamers. So, we're going to talk about NPCs. Okay, so NPCs is a gaming word for non-player characters who do not think for themselves and lock up like a video game, eh, you know, like a video game, um, when caught in an existential crisis to become self-aware of going along with the game board or going along with the paradigm, even if it is illogical. Okay, so you guys all play those video games and then you like, you come across, you find some kind of weird loophole and or you come across some kind of weird uh, gray area in the game and all of a sudden the game locks up and the the character kind of has this like glaze over look like 
you know, so everybody's seen right. this, but you actually can see this in people too. Um, and so that's why many gamers call them NPCs. So I've come across NPCs in my family and there are various versions of, versions of them between shifts um, in reality. Sometimes they have different color eyes. Sometimes they have different backstories. You know, sometimes they'll have different um bruises and how they hurt themselves in different places that wasn't there with a whole different black backstory so just like the same 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 thing that you're experiencing the multiplicity so i notice these things and you get to a point where you just basically just give them love and grace and oh it's gonna be okay you support the best you can because they're still your family they're still your friends you know they're wonderful they're wonderful in every version some versions not so much but you still love them the love is still there so when the thing is when confronted with what the pop culture calls Mandela effects, um, in Buddhism, we just call multiplicity or multiverse parallel realities, those kind of terms, a glaze comes over their eyes and they kind of have this conundrum and start changing subjects because they just can't fathom. Right. Or they reject their own experience and even write off their own experience because it's too much to acknowledge this is happening in the game. Okay, so this is what a lot of audience members ask, um, and I get these emails too with these kind of, of experiences. So, what are your thoughts on NPCs, people who are not self-aware of or reject their multiverse existence? What are your thoughts of that? Like the the, right. the two on the program that you, right. that you uh, try to work well, with. Well, in in general, a lot of people just call them unconscious or whatever. Not. Uh, they're they're surviving. They could be very successful in business and things like that, and they, they they just spirituality doesn't enter their minds. And so, when I run into these people, I can usually get a feel very early on that they're not going to be open to the subjects that I would normally discuss. I don't mm-hmm. care about. You can discuss the weather for thirty seconds, and now it's time to move on to heavy spiritual subjects. And so, I know they're not going to be open to that, but I'll try to drop some hints. Mm-hmm. Just, just to let them, just to plant the seed, so that maybe in weeks, months down the road, they'll they'll say, uh, you know, they'll wake up a little bit. And as a funny example, I was at this restaurant uh, bar in Westwood, California. It's a suburb of L.A., an affluent area. And these two guys were sitting, drinking wine and talking. They had a question, some trivia question. I'm right next to them, and I just I told them the answer. So blah blah blah. Like, oh yeah, you're right. It was blah blah blah. And then they he starts. He said something. He kind of included me in the conversation. He said something. I said, well, I don't think that. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, do you want to know what I think? Yeah, yeah, we want to know. And so I told him something. And the one guy is like, he, he some one guy. He just he just eyes glazed over. He just listens to the mainstream media would repeat talking points. But this other guy, he happened to be a physicist. So he was constrained by logic. And mm-hmm. when I told him, I said, this is what's going on. And I just gave him a broad brush outline of what's going on. I said, no, you know, th- this is what's happening. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, he had me keep going. I was like 45 minutes, almost a lecture of what's wow, happening okay. in the world. And then he said, you know, every single thing you said, I, I, I disagree with, I disagree with, I don't want to believe. And yet I said, and yet everything I said is consistent, internally consistent. It has predictive value and it's describing everything that's gone on so far to date. 
you know, just different than what you see on TV. And he's like, all the, his eyes not quite glaze over. All of a sudden, he's he, he's got a problem. This cognitive got a conundrum. Is setting, <laughs> yeah, the conundrum is is setting in. And this other friend kept saying stupid things, and he says, "Shut up, shut up." He's not even being polite to his friend. He says, "Shut up." Mm-hmm. He told mm-hmm. him to shut up. Shut up. I want to hear what this guy has to say. But finally, he says, "Shut up." And he just kept talking. And so he left. He walked to the other end of the bar. It wasn't heavily populated. And he sat with his hands in his in his head in his hands leaning over the bar and it reminded me of like during the great depression when someone just found out they lost you know their entire net worth million dollar net worth just went down the tubes well i just shattered his reality and the only reason he listened to me is because he had such a rigorous scientific training that he was forced to like listen and and evaluate what i was saying he didn't just dismiss it as as you know some crazy guy Mm-hmm. And and so he stayed there, and then he came back, and then and I'm done with my meal. I'm, I'm, I said, okay, well, you don't even know who I am. You don't know my name. All you know is some crazy guy at the bar told you this is what's going to happen, and uh, my work here is done. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go. But you can <laughs> never unlisten to what I just told you. You'll never like un know what I said. Right. And so I left. And then the next day, because that's what I do as an energy healer, I just turned into this guy and I could still see his, the wheels are turning. He doesn't know how to make it. The whole universe is totally different than what he thought. Right. So, so that's an example where I had someone who was, a, who was ready to hear something new and wake up. For the most part, I'll just drop a few hints here and there and then just let that fester until they get that dissonance and then they have to fix it. Usually, well, initially they all fix it by just burying it. No, I don't know. What oh, that's not fixing it. It's going to come it. back. It's going to come back. Right. It's not. That's not. That's not going to fix it. Is and 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 that's and that's the thing is like sometimes, uh, you know, you have even in the spiritual community, you have people who are who are highly spiritual and yet they come across this these exper- these personal experiences of multiplicity, and they will also have a conundrum, which means that you're not yet there in. In Buddhism, that means that you're not that yet there in being a entry level Buddha. You have to be awakened within the multiverse because all these master teachers straddle the multiverse. That's why they they talk in multiplicity. And the thing is, is that um, and it, a lot of the wisdom comes from understanding that as well. But the thing is, is that because I've I've done Mandela effect episodes where I've taken my 1583 Geneva Bible and shown people. <clears throat> it was never the lion and the lamb. It was always the wolf and the lamb. So you got right. that wrong. And other things as well. I've had conversations with people who um, at work where we'll be doing um, data governance on HIPAA. And they will put two P's in HIPAA. H-I-P-P-A. Right. I think it's another A. But two P's. <laughs> and I said, no, no. I know where you get that from. But there's one. P and we have to get it correct right. otherwise it's going to get redirected to the wrong place and they said no there's two P's and I said I know that you, you, you know that there's two P's I know there's two P's but I'm telling you right now if you go to the HIPAA website it's one P there's never been a second P and 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 they would and that that would that would be my way of kind of lightly tapping them on kind of wake up and right. um and they would look and they're like where's the other P 
And it's like, what is the other <laughs> P for? What does it stand for? <laughs> and they said, it's for privacy. That's what HIPAA stands for, is medical privacy. I said, well, according to HIPAA um, or HIPAA with no two Ps, there was never privacy there in there. So it wasn't for privacy. That It was never there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So um, where did you get that? And that kind of the hint of you you experience another version of reality where there was P for privacy in HIPAA and it's not the case. So when we do work with data governance and, um, and these kind of stuff, we have to use the right ones because if you have your bleed through experience from another reality come in, it's going to bleed through and it's just going to be this convoluted mess on the, the website because you have recall of something that doesn't exist. And so sometimes that will wake some people up and they'll go, yeah, that's right. Oh, and that will kind of be, lead them into that. Others, yeah. they they will not, cannot acknowledge it, even if they say it's their personal experience and they've already proven it's their personal experience, they will not, cannot acknowledge it. It's just too much for them. And so in Buddhism, when we finally come across somebody who's at that point in their spiritual development to get into the aspect of metaphysics in terms of the multiverse and the multiplicity of self, uh, we basically say that um, when you're experiencing multiplicity, um, and because sometimes you'll have people in your reality say, when did you get that tattoo? You've never had that tattoo. <laughs> I know you. I know you my whole life. Right. So now you're experiencing a multiple version, a different version of your body. Your consciousness experiences a different version of your body. Right. So it goes both ways. But anyways, what we, what we typically say for, because people want to automatically think it's a negative thing. Like, oh, it must be. It's a negative thing. Yeah. But um, it even says it in the Bible that you have dominion over everything which means you have dominion over creation you can create anything and in order to have dominion over creation you have to have dominion over reality well you have to understand reality and reality um the big aspect of reality is the multiverse and it's completely tied to the observer and the observer's creation ability so it's not a bad thing but it is Right. One of the subjects that um, that gives these NPCs a conundrum. Some will wake through it and work through it. Others, right. they just can't. They just can't. And 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 they will completely cut you off, and cut you off from their life because because you exist and you show them something that is really hard for them to want to grasp and understand. Right. They'll cut you off, thinking that you're the negative aspect. So what do you say to people like that? Because I've had people who like my my best friend cut me off, my boyfriend cut me off, my spouse might cut me off because um I, I because I acknowledge this exists. So how, what do you say to those people who are losing relationships over this? And they try right. not uh, to. Well, yeah, you have to be true to yourself. You, your mission on earth is to maximize your uh, your consciousness to grow your consciousness as fast as possible. And those that are not on that path, some will fall away. That's like a husband or wife team that are going in parallel initially. And then one becomes more spiritual and the other drifts away and they're, they're no longer compatible. 
and it's not you know, ideally you can bring your partner with you to this higher level, but not always. And of course, if you have responsibilities, if you have children and things like that, you have to honor all your responsibilities. But ultimately, you have to go maximum, you know, develop your own self, connect with your own highest aspect of your being, and that. And if someone can't keep up with you, then you know, they're they're going to fall away. It's it's easier with friends, and, and I have this all the time. I said, well, these people are not your friends anymore. There was one guy when I first started. I was uh, I wasn't as powerful, and so I would recommend people have multiple sessions, like three or four sessions. And so this one person, he would have sessions from time to time. And over the course of three months, he said, you know, I, I notice a lot of my friends. I'm I'm not really vibing with them anymore. I don't really see them often. And I said, but you have new friends. He goes, oh yeah, I got some new friends that are really great. I'm really having a good time. I said, well, you're a completely different person now, three months later than you were three months ago. And those people that are not keeping up with you are just going to drop away. I said, you didn't have Mm -hmm. to unfriend them on Facebook or do anything dramatic. They just, you just grew apart. And now you have people that are matching your vibration and and that's what you want. That's, that's the natural process of, of evolution. So, you know, it's not something to worry about. It's a good thing. It shows that Mm -hmm. you're growing. Some of your friends are not. So right. If, if they fall away, that's just how it is. Right, right. You're, you know, you're not stuck with them <laughs> for a lifetime. It's true. <laughs> oh, uh, some of them are your family members, too. The, the, yeah. They don't want to disown you, but they don't want to <laughs> talk about it. Just don't talk right. about it. That's what they always say. You know, right. um, the, the, the thing is, is that because I like spiritual evolution for me, it, I'm much more for, um, ahead than my spouse. But the thing is, is that if they at least acknowledge it, like I would, I would ask him questions and then I like do Mandela effect quizzes or go over questions about just different versions of reality that we experience. And I would ask him and he would answer it. He would at least acknowledge. I said, at the very least, this is early on in our relationship. Right. I said, if you're going to be with me, you're going to have some very interesting experiences that you can't ex- explain. So um, all I ask is that you at least acknowledge your personal experiences. That's it. Just acknowledge your personal experiences and everything else will come in. You'll eventually come to terms and understand things and you'll have peace. You'll just have this peace about it. You don't have to understand it all. And we don't all understand it all either, but at least you'll have a peace about it. And that's what he, that's what he agreed that he'll at least acknowledge it. And so as our relationship developed um, where things would happen and he would just acknowledge it. Like, yeah, that did happen. I don't know why it happened, but that did happen. <laughs> oh, yep. I saw that person. Although everybody else didn't see that person either. Yep. We went to a restaurant that was supposedly closed and everybody else says it's closed, but we sat there and we ate this and I ate this and da da da. And yep, that happened. Right. So he at least acknowledged it. So um, his own personal experience, and I would acknowledge, yes, I had that experience as well. So we would at least be on the same page acknowledging it, whether he understood it or not. Right. Over time, he just made peace of it all and just basically like, oh, this is just uh, God playing games with <laughs> with the game boards and doing different things. So <laughs> we're in the game board. We can't see the big picture of, of it all or how it's all being, being orchestrated and happening. Right. But um, down here in the in samsara in existence it it if you don't see the higher level of how it's all moving around and the parts are connecting it 
it it is confusing it can be scary but if you if you know that uh, you are connected to source and source always has your back and it will will get you to where you need to be so you have the experience that you've set for yourself in your pre-life plan then it's all good so um so just like you said earlier focus on what you want to create and you will create just focus on the end result don't get caught up in the distractions and how things are done that's really for source to figure out with the spirit world so that's i hope that gives people guidance on the topic of npcs in our lives okay i know it's a really funny topic but um if they love you for the most part, like your family, they're still going to keep you, okay? If you're just going to be, just, this is going to be a topic that just kind of dance around. But at the very least, if they could, if they acknowledge things, that's a that's a stepping stone. Eventually, they'll come to terms with it. But it's mostly because it's there's a fear that this is negative because they don't understand um, how reality is created and how reality is um, is merged and split and all that kind of stuff. So. I think Dolores Cannon, the author Dolores Cannon, she called these people backdrop people. So and she had books and, and interviews where she to talk about the backdrop people. That's what she called them. Right. Um, and sometimes you can wake some of them up, but most of the times uh, they're just part of the simulation. They're just part of the experience. Um, but if you do wake one of these up, what tips do you have to help these recently awakened souls adjust to the multiverse? Do there tips right. for them? Uh, well, well, just in general, get them on a spiritual path if they're if they're not already uh, to understand you know, what's what's happening, that what the options are. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who I I woke him up. It wasn't quite as advanced spiritually, just it was more what was going on in the world. Mm. And this was a long time ago. And when he woke up and he realized that what he had been taught was all a lie, he went, he was like a crusader. Mm. He would, <laughs> he'd go to parties and he'd say, don't you realize that this is this? this? And he, and he, he's like a reformed smoker that wants to make sure no other person ever smokes. Well, he wanted to make sure no one else listened to any of these lies anymore. And it was, kind of comical you know he went you know i think some people they go they you know they bend a little too far and then they finally come back to centers okay right, you know, right. I need to convert the whole world to my way of thinking but now that i know it and, and that's more how i am now it's like if someone doesn't want to listen to me that's okay i mean i i know quite a bit of things that could probably help you but if you don't want to listen that's okay with me the people that yeah. know will listen and and hopefully benefit from from whatever i can you know point out to them so but if i've sent and that's that's with most of the not not well the ascended masters at at the one extreme level but anyone who's who's a a, a, even a master at the lower levels they're not out there proselytizing and trying to convince everyone this is what you should be doing they're standing there as a resource and when the person is ready when the student is ready the teacher will appear well they've been there and they say, what do you think about this? Is this, you know, and they say, well, since you asked, I'll let you know. Here, This is what's going on. And they yeah. give the person however much money. And and the role of the prophet is to give that student just a little bit more than they're ready to handle to make yeah. them grow 
to reach up to that level instead of force feeding. Because I, I had to learn that myself. Yeah. Uh, when I first woke, I mean, could you, in a regular business environment, you're having telepathic conversations with, with everyone. One, one day I woke up and I thought the whole world was telepathic. And, and I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think I had to explain myself or anything, what was going on with my company. And one uh-huh. of my investors came, came down and he said, well, you know, I didn't hear back from you. And I said, well, we, we talked about this. He said, what do you mean? I said, I told you, blah, 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 blah. He goes, well, like, when did you do it? I said, it was last night. I said, uh, I think you were out at some uh, nightclub. I remember seeing you sitting at the bar and there were your friends were dancing and I was talking to you then. And he's like, but it was before cell phones. Uh-huh. Says, but, but I said, I thought you got the message. He says, well, could we like use a telephone next time? Can't we just use a telephone? <laughs> I said, okay, I guess that's a fair thing. And then I realized that it, not everyone was getting all these messages that I thought was was obvious to everyone. So, so, but the, yeah, but anyway, going back to the, the prophet or the teacher, just give them a little bit more than they can handle a so they bit. stretch, but not overwhelm them because I was overwhelming them and his eyes would just glaze over like those NPCs. And he yeah. didn't I could say anymore. Oh, I've seen that glaze over eyes so many times, <laughs> so many times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, I no, I completely agree with you. So for for people who um, who are wa- awakened to the 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 multiverse aspect of consciousness, right. um, and maybe they have come across somebody in their life that is open to it, the very least acknowledging that they had right. some experience of sw- shifting between one version of reality to another at, at the very least acknowledgement is the, because denial is really big. So if that's like the first, that's like the first step in the 12 steps. Okay. Right. To spirituality <laughs> in the NA and, and, and the uh, alcohol anonymous and drug right. uh, narcotics yep. anonymous. The first step was the first step acknowledgement yeah. <laughs> okay so it's the first thing everything else will come after that so if they could at least acknowledge that the, yes yes i did have this experience as well i don't understand it but i acknowledge it everything else will come in time as their consciousness right. and um, acceptance level and learning of metaphysics um and reality creation with the conscious it, as it evolves more and more will come so it's just like it's like when you go to the mall and you're looking for a a, an, a shirt, and the whole mall is on sale. <laughs> okay, you're like, where do I start? Oh my god! And then you just sit down in the food court. And you never shop for anything. <laughs> you go get a phone or something else. You never because there's just too many options. So it's the same kind of thing. You start with like let's start with the the little kiosk and then go further in. So I totally understand that. Um, you know, in Buddhism and Hinduism, it is it is advised to give love and compassion with respectable boundaries to all people in any reality that you engage in because that is who you are, okay? Right. It, it Nothing of the people out there and the reality out there and the things that's going on out there has... Um, because if you're if you're jumping between realities and you're having these different realities experiences, the experiencing your multiplicity, and then the next step is to work on your consciousness to influence, you know, which version of reality you're going to go into next to get to the end result that you want. Um, you're going to come across some characters in these different 
realities. So they're going to have different backstories, et cetera. So just remember, this is who you are. How you react to them, regardless of what happens, is who you are. And that's what in Buddhism we always say, focus on who you are. Because who you are affects reality. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the Dalai Lama, this goes to my next question, Ed. The Dalai Lama and many other Buddhist monks and nuns have given basic lessons on cause and effect. You are the cause. The reality around you is the effect. Basic Buddhism 101 people, nothing new here. Meaning, when you elevate the frequency of your consciousness, you seem to become the magicians of physical reality, and you live with amplified six senses within the matrix. And by doing so, source experiences itself directly through the individual expression of you. So with that, Ed, what do the Ascended Masters teach you about manifesting the highest version of reality? What have you learned in these 20 years working with them? Right. Well, I, I haven't worked with them for 20 years. I mean, I studied their teachings, but I haven't communicated directly with them until the last year, basically, other than Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Um, I kind of summarize it in three three keys to to making your life beautiful and everything. One just goes along with what you just said. Love everyone. Send love to everyone. And, and as you put it, at whatever level of consciousness, whatever level of reality you're at. That's number one. Number two is don't look back at all the seeming mistakes and all the regrets that you have in that. That's not helping you. You've learned from all those experiences. So they were teaching instances. So instead, just focus in the present to make a better future. And number three is help others. If you help other people, just like I've experienced directly, the more I helped other people, the more the higher beings and now the masters help me. So that's the goal of, of, increasing mm-hmm. a, a higher higher and higher consciousness and what you were touching upon is is every time you raise your consciousness say one level whatever arbitrary scale you use you go up one level you're 10 times more powerful than than you were you go up two levels you're 100 times more powerful it's exponential so that's why one avatar one master can have the influence of millions of people even though he might only be six or seven levels higher in that in this arbitrary scale but also as you are going on these higher levels the other people that you're communicating with at these other levels they're also 10 times 100 times thousand times more powerful than the average person Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why raising your vibration is so important but it also explains why you have so much more influence than someone who's talking at the physical level to 50,000 people that's 50,000 people it's like one person one vote but if you're at the next level of consciousness, that's 10 votes per person. So mm-hmm. that's, and, and, and you're influencing other people at that same level. And at the higher you go, so there's a whole network of positive beings, higher masters, ascended masters, you know, tune in when, when they can see that they can help that are changing the, the future of our planet, of our entire planet. Mm-hmm. And the, all the stuff that you read about and see on TV and that at this one, at the lowest level, that that can be eclipsed, even though it may seem like 100% of the news is is negative. You, we can eclipse that just by going to a higher level of consciousness. And that's what's happening in the world is this paradigm battle between those seeking to uplift all of humanity that are going to higher consciousness, those trying to suppress 
people, scare them using fear is the easiest way to keep people down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what the news is. They're, they're not their job. Well, their job is they're, they're what they've taken on as their job is to scare people and keep them at a low level of consciousness. So, you know, step, well, <laughs> step one is acknowledgement. Maybe step zero is turn off the TV. And then, <laughs> then we go to your step one of consciousness raising. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Well, there, there are definitely a lot of distractions on, on the road to, um, to where we need to higher be so to right. higher consciousness. So, uh, and we, we have this lifetime to, for this version um, of the journey. So uh, if you guys are spending a lot of time sucking up the news on internet, <laughs> radio, TV, when you get home, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how much of your life are you really living when you, when you cut all that time that you spent focusing on all that, that stuff, that those negative news, how much of your the, your 24 hours are you actually spending on focusing on your life and building your life and enjoying your life and, and all of that kind of stuff? And when you think about it, most people aren't really living their life. They've they've right. ha- they've cut off probably a third or more of their day focusing on all of these negative stuff or other people's melodramas. So, um, you know, the Ascended Masters in um, there's a lot of folklore is about the ancient civilization of Mu or Lemuria. And um, the folklore is also talk about the remnants of the civilization as part of inner earth cities that we call Shambhala. That's one of the main ones in the folklore is the Shambhala. Mm-hmm. So um, can you give us some information about what is the connection between Shambhala and the Senate masters? Do they live in there? I mean, What's the deal with Shambhala and the Sede Masters? Yeah, from, from my end, I haven't connected directly with any of the beings from Shambhala. I, I did go to Tibet to, uh, you know, randomly, whatever, I ended up in Tibet. And I went to all sorts of monasteries, famous monasteries, and I could feel the beauty of the monasteries and that, which is on top of Shambhala. Um, I haven't connected directly with the beings, but I'm sure the Ascended Masters are in there. We have... The ascent, well, even though they're kind of underground, they're still radiating their love and wisdom out from from below us. And above, we have uh, other masters that could be from other star systems radiating. Here we are in the middle, middle reality, right on the surface of the earth, mm-hmm. getting it from all sides, all trying to help us elevate our consciousness. So... What, what is their message? Their message is going to be the same as the other ascended masters is focus on what you want, you know, and there's, and one thing I should kind of tell people when you are focusing on what you want, there's two aspects that make it happen quicker. Mm-hmm. One is the amount of energy you, you put into it, which is emotion. You know, if you totally really want this to happen, that's going to make it happen faster. And two is the clarity of your vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you have, I want blue, no red, I have no white, no yellow. Oh, people do that all the time too. They always yeah. second guess themselves with a change in mind, the change in focus. And so you just undid all the greatness you were starting with when you just focused on the one color, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want. So have a clarity of vision and put emotion behind it. And the higher your consciousness, the more you're closer you are to source to the ascended master's level, the faster those things are going to manifest. 
Mm. Well, let's talk about healing because you do energy healing work. Um, and on your website, you do energy healing remotely um, and also in person. And you also teach it as well. So um, the Ascended Masters, do they have, is there any kind of tips that they have and that you do as well to help heal 3D traumas and raise our consciousness to a fifth dimensional level? Is there certain right. things that we could all do? Well, here's, here's a simple thing that you can do that I learned a while ago, and anyone can do it. You'll be qualified in, in one minute. Just visualize whatever, whoever the person is you want to heal. Just visualize a little six-inch version of them right in front of you mm-hmm. and, and fill them with love. And the easiest way to do that is just make believe you're making a snowball. So just add, and I use absolute, unconditional, infinite, divine love. I'll give it to you right now bond so absolute unconditional infinite divine love absolute unconditional infinite divine love and just fill them with this love that's step one and if you want to go the more advanced step then use your hand usually your non-dominant hand and then just sift through it as if you're pulling out anything that's negative any negative emotions anything negative just right through the 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 non-dominant hand so not not the the one that you don't use like yeah right exactly All right. So I write with my right hand. So I'm using my left hand. Yeah. Use your left hand. That's anyone can do that right now. So you have your grandmothers in the hospital, whatever, or someone's sick, someone's under the weather. You can do that. It's easy. And, and that's, that's something simple. Anyone can do right now. You're all qualified. Mm. Um, when, when I talk to the ascended masters now, when I ask for their help, uh, well, the funny thing is right after I kind of announced this, that I'm working with these ascended masters, uh, someone had this poverty consciousness. I was talking with them on the phone and their family grew up poor. They were poor, you know, typical. So I was doing whatever I would normally do to try to take that away. And then out of nowhere, Lakshmi, her face is right in front of my eyes. Like, and she's like, look, you asked for our help and here I am. And you're not even using it. It's like, what was I thinking? It's like so obvious. Let's ask Lakshmi, please infuse your energy into this person. And all I have to do is ask them, please infuse your energy. And they'll just fill them with energy. And I just monitor what's coming out. I can feel the negativity leaving them. And I just, you know, kind of scoop it away. Mm-hmm. So Lakshmi with abundance, I use her. Uh, Kuan Yin, I ask her for help with sadness and mm-hmm. uh, emotional distraught because she's the master of compassion and mercy. And with her, her energy is so powerful that I, I can do everything I mm-hmm. want. I, I, I can imagine to do with someone to get rid of their sadness. And then I ask, you know, Kuan Yin, please infuse your energy. And then in some cases, more sadness will come out. It's like sadness I couldn't even perceive. And only after she flushes it out of the person, she's not really flushing. She's just filling mm-hmm. them with that love. And then I can take it away. Mm. And that happened that the first time I experienced that. I said, you know, there's all the sadness coming out of you. I said, you didn't strike me as being a sad person. She said, oh, yeah, oh, I'm very sad. I'm like, What do you mean you're sad? No, I'm, I hide it well, but I'm very sad. And it's mm-hmm. like, but that's an example where Kuan Yin takes that away. Um, you know, the different ones, if a person needs freedom, then I ask Archangel Michael, infuse your energy into them. Mm-hmm. If they want to have more synchronicities and be in the flow like the Tao, then I asked Lao Tzu to fill mm-hmm. them with his energy. And also he's he's great at helping people to connect with nature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Buddha, you know, he's 
my, my favorite thing about Buddha is, is kind of, I clear the person as best I can. And then I just ask Buddha to infuse his energy and he grounds you into the ultimate reality. It's no longer, well, I guess what you would call samsara. It's no mm-hmm. longer there. He's with the, with the, all that is you're mm-hmm. in a totally different, much higher or not higher. Well, the, the, in the unchanging world, the unchanging, mm-hmm. not the world of creation, the unmanifest world. He, he can connect you with that. And and when I tune into him doing that, I just, I can sometimes feel dizzy with the, mm-hmm. with the expansiveness of, of what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, each of them have their own, Specialty Saint Germain also for transmutation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't forget the, the double whammo, the the combo. Which combo? <laughs> yes, oh, you are, and Miriam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the course. combo with the, some, uh, you know, sometimes people are unsure of themselves or this and that, and I bring in Mary Magdalene, especially if she's a woman, because that's divine feminine power and wisdom. And they just are much more sure of themselves mm-hmm. like almost instantly. And I can tell how unsure they are by how much negativity comes out of them after mm-hmm. I bring her energy in. And almost always then I bring in, like you say, the double combo. We already brought in Mary. We may as well bring in Jesus. We're so, <laughs> together. Just a couple <laughs> combo. <laughs> it's like uh, you you, yeah. you, what is it? What was it at McDonald's? You um, supersize? <laughs> <laughs> supersize it, right. Besides, they bring and, in the combo. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're available couple. at a moment's notice. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so that's this has been the most fun this past year of healing people because I have so much help. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's you don't have to do the heavy lifting by yourself, right? Well, I had my team; they were doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but they were more sticklers for you. Better learn how to do this first. Sometimes the masters will be the. the forgiving parent that comes in and will let you go to the movies even though the other one doesn't want you to right <clears throat> you know so that they'll help me but for the most part you know they i have to learn how to do this because that's helping me in my own journey so, well for uh, for people who want to learn this like if they want to get energy healing from you they can go to the website and schedule an appointment but if they want to learn this do you teach courses or have books on how to do energy healing Right. Some of these techniques. I don't have a formal books. I have a series of MP3s. If you go to okay. my website, uh, they can click the most recent package that, that I have on my website is uh, embody the wisdom of the ascended masters. And that's where I give a kind of quick overview of who they are. And then I bring in their essence and their essence is, is good for most anything. And so, yeah, then you have the eight, the same eight that we mentioned earlier when you rattled off four of them i said those are four of my eight so yeah you picked you know four great ones and i have four other ones that are, are on there as well so yeah it's a- yeah the, the mine um I, i'll share i'll share my flashcards. mine are um the uh the the double pack <laughs> the combo <laughs> mine's the married couple uh yeshua and miriam then of course uh, I have the ladies Kuan Yin Tara, um, and then I have um, Metatron, or otherwise known as Enoch or Ezekiel in those iterations of of his experience. Um, but Metatron, let's see, so Metatron, Yeshua. Oh, I don't really, I don't really um, work very much with Gautama Siddhartha, the first Buddha. Okay. I have I have worked a little bit with Bodhidharma, but not very much. Um, that Bodhidharma is mostly attached 
to helping my son. So, um, but that, but I, I've had some, some bleed through interaction with Bodhidharma, but it's mostly a teacher for my son. But yeah, um, Yeshua, Miriam, Kuan Yin, Metatron, and Tara. So five. I only five, okay. but you got the you got the eight pack. <laughs> so you got the well, infinity wait, pack. Five are on my eight pack, right? And, you got yeah. the infinity pack, so you got a good set of flashcards <laughs> for that. Um, well, let's. I usually ask people what the last message for the builders of the fifth dimension is. So, um, but if you have a last message for people, because you're right. Earth needs a lot of healers. So what 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 do you, what's the message you want people to know? Right. Uh, well, you're a healer, and it doesn't mean that you have to be an ascended master level healer or anything like that. You'll automatically attract the right people who need your expertise. And if you have gone through some kind of trauma, that makes you already an, a, a, an experienced healer. If you can teach someone else how to go through that same trauma that you went through, you're invaluable. And especially when you can speak from experience. So if you're a healer, do it. And it doesn't mean you have to start off by building a fancy website or anything like that, or heal, heal your people in your family, heal friends and practice. Mm-hmm. I was practicing all the time with people, you know, for free while I was learning to, until I got good enough where I felt confident. Okay. I can charge people for this. And I started off, I would have my, my energy center clearing CD. And mm-hmm. I, initially I was giving people a free clearing, 15 minute clearing when they bought the CD for $40. And the irony is uh, only like 10% of the people that bought it even took me up on that offer. Now, now it's switched around. Now I don't offer it for free. They, they pay for the healing. Mm-hmm. I'm much better. And it, of course it costs more money than $40 mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that it did back then. Yeah, do what you can to help people. Don't wait until you're an ascended master or some famous healer. Uh, do what you can. The earth can use your help. So, yeah, so do so, it. If, if if people seem to be um, too much for people to start with, start with pets. Okay, start with pets. That's a good idea. Pets. Pets are great. They love energy healing. If you know, just send them some love. Uh, focus on the end results. Uh, put your tongue on top of your the roof of your mouth will kind of like focus your attention to that end result. And then just and pets really they they love it. They just go oh love this. They love yeah. the energy healing from anybody. So work on pets. And then as you get good with pets and you feel confident with pets, and then if you want to move on to people, you can definitely do that. So whatever is comfortable, but start doing it. Start doing it. Right. Start with the fish the in your you, aquarium. Yeah. Right. The more you practice, the better you'll get. It goes with everything. And the more you help other people, the more you'll get help from the higher beings. Yeah. Well, Ed, can you do an energy healing meditation for the listeners? Oh, uh, yeah. We can give everyone. And for our reality. Yeah. Let's end with a good one here. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll clear everyone out. Anyone who listens to this or watches the Zoom will get a healing from this. So just relax, take a few deep breaths at your own natural rhythm. And I'm going to, I'll just do what I would normally do in a healing. I'm just going to ask, let's first clear out your emotional body. I'm going to ask Kuan Yin to come in and infuse her energy into this meditation. And I'll just take away anyone who's listening or anyone even now or in the future. Just take away all any emotional distraught you have. We'll 
fill you with energy. Let's give her, let's clear your mental body. I'll ask my team to do this because they have a lot of experience doing this. They're just going to flush away all those negative thoughts, all those limiting beliefs. Take that out of you. I'll call in some of the masters, uh, Archangel Michael, Jesus, and, and St. Germain to get rid of any non-physical entities that could be bugging you. This is what I'm known for in, in, in our reality, but it doesn't hurt to have their help. So if anyone has any non-physical entities stuck on them, curses, let's just get rid of those. So we just clear the emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. Now I'll just take everyone to a higher place. Let's bring in some more higher wisdom. I'll bring in Jesus to fill you with unconditional love and the Christ consciousness. Okay. And if you want, you can bask in this energy. Since we brought in Jesus, let's also bring in Buddha because I love his grounding. Buddha, please infuse your energy into everyone watching this video. And you may, sometimes I get dizzy when I tune in with his energy because of the expansiveness. Okay, well, there's a few minutes of great energy from some of the greatest masters who ever walked on earth. So, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a shot of love. I love that. Thank you, Mr. Ed Spina. And and thank you for sharing your research findings on how to do energy healing and connect with the guidance of the Ascended Masters of the Multiverse. So we all can live the highest version of reality in this lifetime now. So for more information on Ed Spina's offerings, please visit his website, which is Energy Center clearing.com and thank you kindly to our audience for listening to another enlightening conversation until next time blessings we hope you enjoyed this episode of merkaba chakras where we talk buddhism in the fifth dimension for more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.